Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello, Simon. A very good evening to you, Jackie. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be back with uh, in your little studio here. Isn't I, it lovely? I do get excited about coming, and uh, I've been waiting to do another one for ages. Giddy. Yeah, a bit, I am a bit giddy today. <laughs> That's all right. We like giddy. What have you been up to, music-wise? Uh, well, uh, I saw my old mate Ian Brown in Birmingham a couple of nights ago, and... Uh, I, I wish I sent him a text on Saturday when he played in Manchester and, it, and I couldn't go because I had a gig of my own with San Pedro. Good lad. Collective, who were playing it on the uh, 27th of uh, October, supporting the Wenatchee tribe at the Blues Kitchen in Manchester. Great. So it was a great venue. I went to check it out the other day and uh, I like the look of it and yes. the sound of it. So. And it's very popular, I believe. Yeah, it the is. The kids yeah. seem with, to like it. With the young guns, most. That's right, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, that's but, good. But Ian was great. Um, I spent, you know, a bit of time after talk, chatting with him, uh, but I had to drive home. I went with my um, son-in-law, Richie. And, uh, and how was the gig? Because it, if you just follow him on Twitter, it looks like people are furious that it's just him mm. with no band. What, what are your thoughts, given that you've actually seen it? I think Ian probably thinks um, Ian's all he needs, you know, uh, really. Did it make a difference, though? Did you? No, not really, because no. the music, the PA was incredibly, um, clarity on it was amazing, and uh, you've kind of got a remixes of the songs, I think. Uh, somebody's, you know, remastered it or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was absolutely amazing, the sound, and uh, they loved it, you know. It was a great set, all Ian Brown stuff including the stuff I played on. Excellent. And they kept it as it was, you know, on Golden Gaze. Great. And uh, that was a nice moment. Were you desperate me. to get up and say? Well, there was no drunk at there. Rude. But if there had been, yeah, I would have uh, stormed the stage and got up <laughs> and pushed the other guy off. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I mean, I love watching drummers. Uh, when I go to a gig, I always watch the drummer mostly and uh, see what he's doing. And how See if I can do it myself, what he's doing. And how was Ian? He was great, yeah, yeah. really good. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long this tour is. I think they're nearly out, more than halfway through it now. But I'd recommend it. Um, you know, I mean, he looks, he's looking fit. I mean... Oh, he's always been fit, yeah. he, always. It, he is, he's like wiry. Yeah, well, he, would, he, he likes to keep himself trim. You know, he did all that karate when he was at school, at Holy Grammar, and uh, he's kept it up, really, all, all the way. Treats, you know, treats it very seriously. He might need to bring out a fitness video for Christmas. Hey, that's not a bad idea. You're not it? joking. Let's yeah. put that to him. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, really good. I'd recommend it. New Century Hall. Have you ever heard of it? Where is it? Well, it's at the bottom of the CIS Tower in Manchester, the, the old co-op building. Right. And uh, there was a gig underneath called New Century Hall during the punk wars, 78, 79, 80. And uh, I never actually went myself. But my, my mate did. He saw Burning Spear there. That would have been good. But uh, I went, they've sort of reopened it, revamped it. A ballroom, basically. Beautiful ballroom. Holds about 1,500, I think. Can't wait to play there. So you're going to put it on your list? 
I've uh, my wish list, yeah. Of venues to play. Yeah, it is. It's, it's on there now. Actually, that's a really good idea for another programme that we could do. We could just do all the venues in Manchester that you've played, what you think uh, well, about them. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, right, Simon, it... write that down. <laughs> okay, you've got a pen. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> all right, we'll do that next time. But this week, what we're going to do is Funky Size. Funky Size Fashion Favourites. Well, let's begin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go head to toe, shall we? Okay. What are you wearing on your head? Well, I'm not a massive fan of headgear, so to speak. You've got a very good head of hair. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> and, um, oh, you know, obviously, when I do lose my hair, I'll probably wear a hat. I'd probably have a fedora or something like that. Hey, rhymes. <laughs> but, uh, well, I remember on the cereal packets, I think they were called Sugar Smacks, and they had a, a thing with Thunderbirds. Um, giving away free Thunderbird one or two or three. I always hoped I'd get uh, number two was my favourite one out of the uh, the spaceships what they are. <laughs> uh, but they they had a hat that you cut out of the back of the Sugar Smacks packet, and it was like one of those gendarme hats, like a cap. And you, you just basically you know had scissor marks on it. You cut it out. I was, I was really into aviation. I think I've told you before. Mm. I still am. Uh, Did you do airfix models as well? Oh, loads of them. Yeah. Yeah, them all hanging off bits of cotton in my bedroom. Uh, Lancaster Bomber, Lightning F1, uh, you name it, Vulcan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've always had a, a, you know, a fascination with flight and stuff like that. So Thunderbirds did appeal to me. So, yeah, that was one of my hats. Another hat I had, uh, again, kind of... Um, well, military, uh, navy theme <laughs> was a sailor's cap, as they're called. Now, I've been on holiday with with the family, mum and dad and Jane. I think we were in Menorca. We looked out and there was a massive aircraft carrier parked up, you know, in the Mediterranean. <laughs> like they do. Yeah, and it was HMS Seahawk. Now, uh, my mum and dad, well, my dad... Um, he got taken on holiday by a drug company, Seabagaga, I think they were. <laughs> it sounds what, like he was sort of kidnapped and taken. Well, he kind of was because um, we went every year to a love, you know, lovely hotel and somewhere lovely. And I don't want to know for, what your dad was doing for well, that. Well, no, they, they, they tried to uh, make my dad buy those particular drugs, you know, Seabagaga, which he obviously did because we kept going back year <laughs> after year. <laughs> a few weeks later, uh, this brown paper package came through to where I lived in Altrincham, and it was a, an HMS Seahawk cap. Uh, I think they call it a navy uh, cap, basically. No peak on it. It's a white with a blue, well, dark, very dark blue bands with gold writing. You know, HMS Seahawk. So that was another hat I had. Where were you wearing that? Just. Uh, in the back garden or <laughs> <laughs> wherever you jolly well felt like it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what happened to that uh, like a lot of things I've lost them over the years when i moved from place to place so who knows where that is um any photos of you in these hats uh no not that one but i did have a, another navy hat um with a peak on it not that what to be in the navy what to be in the air force so, you know, it's just, uh, it was because it was a gift. I wore it, this particular one. Uh, another hat I had was a Robin Hood hat because I fancied myself as being Robin Hood. 
for a while with the old bow and arrow, uh, which, you know, a lot of kids had with a sucker on the end. Oh, yes. You fire it at the kitchen window <laughs> outside. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember going out in it, out, out. You know I what should I mean? hope not. Uh, age, whatever I was, eight yeah. or nine. Yeah, I suppose eight's okay. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so yeah, that it was green. It was felt. It may or may not have had a feather in it. I can't yeah. remember. I know, but you see, the kids these days, there's so much fancy dress, isn't there? You've got access to everything. But when we were younger, it was few and far between. You had to sort of mend and make do, didn't you, with everything? Yeah. So if you got a proper like Robin Hood hat, you would be delighted to have it. Yeah, I was. I think. Um, I, I did see, you know, Robin Hood films on TV and I thought they were all right. The Errol Flynn type ones yes. are fantastic, <laughs> aren't they? I mean, I'll still watch them now because I love sword fighting. Right, do you? Yeah. yeah do you ever uh, fancy uh, learning how to be a sword fighter? Yes, and fencing I, and I things. I saw a couple of uh, people doing it in the sword fighting, that is, with great big long broadswords and medieval outfits in Whitworth Park next to Whitworth Art Gallery. And the proper swords, you know. And they're going through the pattern that they've worked out before, like stuntmen have to do, I suppose. Mm. Wouldn't mind being a stuntman, actually. No. <laughs> well, don't give up that hope, Simon. <laughs> yeah, another hat I had, of course, uh, was a bobble hat. But I've never really been a big fan of them, but I did have a, a United one. Um, Ooh. What, what are you doing, that? <laughs> now, shall we talk about football? You know, history repeats itself, you know that, don't you? A big wheel is going to turn. And it will eventually. It of took a long time for it for City to turn. It really did. It did. I did actually... Before the worm turned, as my mate once said. You I know. did um, actually go to the derby on Saturday. Oh, did you know, yeah? We were great, but you were terrible. Yeah, I know. What do you make of Haaland as a player? He's like something that's been created in a lab by some sort of... Bionic man, Lee Majors, yes. we can rebuild him. He's like he's just programmed to score goals. Yeah, that's a great thing, isn't it? It's good for the public oh, to watch that. It it's, was fantastic. He's worth the ticket price alone. Well, I'd that's say. why I, I couldn't take my eyes off him. Foden no. was fantastic. After 10 minutes, obviously it's a derby game, and I, I was nervous. But after 10 minutes, I thought, there's no, there's no need to be nervous no, here. Well, Unfortunately, United, what, what's no, your they thoughts? Started, they started off so well. And, you know, at the beginning, well, they won three or four games on the trot, didn't they? Which is quite good uh, for them, you know. So we'll see anyway. You've you only just got hope for the best, haven't you, really? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I did have a Man United bobble hat. Uh, been around a long time, bobble hats. Uh, from the, well, sailors wore them. Woolen hats, even back to the Viking days. Do you know what the bobble's for on top? I don't. Well, when it, when the, the seafarers were going down below decks, mm-hmm. with all that, you know, the wooden beams and the ship, it was to make sure they didn't hit the head and smash their head, you know, the bobble. We've yeah. all learned something there new, you are, Simon. Jackie, you see. <laughs> it has been useful you coming here tonight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and would you wear the United, would you wear that to the game? When I was a kid, yeah, when I was about 10, I did. Would uh, you not when you were older? No, no, I wouldn't. Because my brother was once pointed out on News at 10 when they were talking about football hooligans, because obviously he's a big red as well. Yeah. And they focused in on him because he wasn't wearing any United colours. And they said, this is what the hooligans are doing now. They don't wear the, the colours the of colours. the team. Yeah. And they focused in on him. It was hilarious. And all his friends. What, on TV? On say? TV, on News Watch at 10. No, right. News at oh, 10. Blimey. Pointed him out as if he was a hooligan. What's he my brother. <laughs> so it was hilarious, but 
he didn't he wouldn't wear it because for fear it would he'd be targeted so yeah. I, that's why i just wondered would you ever wear the hat to not, the game not the hat not um not even age 12 or 13 i got rid of it by then but i did wear the scarves of course and i wore one on the wrist not both wrists which was uh, you know uh, the in thing to do in the sort of 76, 77 era. It's a bit Bay City Rollersy, wasn't it? It is. Yeah. A, a, a big connection was uh, pop music, uh, Slade, what they were wearing, and, and the football on the football terraces, same kind of thing. Re- the red and white and black, I think it came out probably 76, 77, because before that it was red and white, of course, United. But yeah, <laughs> we'd have it on our uh, wrists there. I used to go on my own. Uh, when Tommy Dockett was in to the Stretford paddock, loved it. Great atmosphere. And uh, well, as I say, I live right near there now because I'm familiar with it, you know, yeah. from them days. So yeah. it feels all right. So, so um, in the in the head sort of area, we're now moving down to the neck. And, oh, okay. Uh, uh, well, well, I used to wear neckerchiefs, two or ones in particular, which I mentioned to you before. Paisley design, which is um, actually based on a raindrop. Because the headquarters were in Manchester, beautiful head office there on Oxford Road. So, uh, are you wearing it with like an open shirt? I used to have a toggle, like a, a gold ring. Uh, later on, in the sort of Clash era, um, you know, the bands, the Clash were wearing them. So I thought I would, but they're always popular with musicians. You know, the faces, Rod Stewart, all the mod era. You know, they were good scarves. I've got one, and thanks, Dex, because after the last podcast when I mentioned the Tootle scarf, Dex Williamson sent me one as a present. Isn't oh, that nice? Well, how lovely. Isn't it lovely? Yeah, yeah thanks, Dex. I might mention that, uh, perhaps a car that I like. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of the only, apart from a scarf that I mentioned, you know, the Man United. Mm. Although I do love wearing scarves nowadays. And I've got a big collection of them. And do you do the fancy sort of... Continental tie. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Do you not feel slightly as if, you know, it's a bit affected in in the way that it looks? Or, I mean, I know you can carry it off because you've got got that stylish look about you. No, I mean, uh, Lulu told me how to wrap it round, you know, like they do in uh, wherever. Yeah. You know, Italy. And if you can carry it off. I've got quite a collection. Particularly, like, there's a brand called Cos. I think the Swedish. It's a lovely brand, isn't it? Because it's quite yeah. basic looking. Yeah, they are, but the classic. I guess my mum and dad, uh, well, my mum used to buy my clothes up until the age of probably what? 13, 14. 27. <laughs> no, she did buy me my first LP, Sweet Fanny Adams by Sweet. She got me going into all the, you know, rock and roll. How and fantastic is that? Yeah. Sweet were outrageous, really. My friend Rufy, who's a, a percussion player, been in a couple of bands with him. Hello, Rufy. <laughs> he was um, bought a pair of these silver um, thigh-length boots uh, <laughs> off Freddie Mercury, the pop singer from Queen. Wow. When he worked at Kensington Market. And there was £70 back then. It was just before, he said, Seven Seas of Rye came out which was another song my mum had. And I loved and I still love it now. I think it's a powerful song. Mm. And so what do you do with the boots? Well, he wore them. <laughs> what, just out and about? You know, yeah. 
in, in Mossside or wherever. <laughs> around. Well, he did. He, he went to all the gigs, the Bowie gigs at the Hunt. Um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the club now. And it's, it became a B&Q. It's now derelict. Okay. And Sweet went there. Bowie went there. I was a bit too young, really, to go, but he did. Okay, so he's wearing the boots. What else is he... You, that's quite a statement to make. What's he wearing on, you um, know? Well, he had a... There was a brand called Mr. Freeman. And uh, what I loved about it was <laughs> the logo on it was a custard tart. Because <laughs> everybody was smoking pot, probably. You probably. know, back in them days. But it was yellow, and he said he's told me it was in the it's in the VNA uh, museum in London. This Mister Freeman jacket in a, like a yellow colour, but I never had one of them. I did have um, a denim jacket, you know, for a long time. I haven't got one now, but uh, I, I always remember wearing one of them. And I got picked out of the circus uh, by the clowns, uh, <laughs> which is dead embarrassing. He said, "Well, I'm looking for a skinhead. <laughs> You'll do." <laughs> I think I was sat because I was sat near the front, you know. With, uh, me Always a mistake, Simon. Never yeah. go near the front. No, no, no. It's, uh, especially, well, if you, I don't know whether you went to Burn and Manning's Club. <laughs> yes. Oh, he picked on me because obviously I had lots of red hair. <laughs> so he did a whole routine about me, you know, turning up on a motorbike. Why motorbike? Because my hair was so wild. Oh, I just see. thought, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I just rolled my eyes at him. Yeah. I, well, I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, Marky Smith used to play him on the bus all the time. Uh, but, you know, well, this is uh, 1986, 87. You know, he'd play it at live recording. You know, it's very edgy. Uh, okay. Um, next item of clothes as we move down. Well, no, we're still in the middle, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, is the Harrington jacket. Now, uh, Harrington jackets, um, first made in the 30s, really, by a company called Barcuta. They had a model, uh, a style called a G9. I think it was a golfing jacket. They got very, very popular. You know, people and um, yeah, truck drivers in America would wear them. I've always had uh, an Harrington-style jacket, but the actual Harrington uh, was made in Manchester, which I didn't know until recently. No, I didn't. No. Um, you know, they took the style of the Barcuta and, you know, developed their own thing. Fraser Tartan on the lining. And I've had loads, black ones, uh, cream ones. I've had uh, one uh, one with the Clash crew. When the Clash were on tour, they had a lot of jackets made up, like a sort of dark uh, mauve colour with this big star there with Clash, you know, written around the points of the star. And what, you could buy them? No, they were exclusively for the crew and the band. Right. You know, yeah. I don't know what happened to that either. Simon. I know. But uh, recently I got another Harrington-style jacket off uh, Pretty Green. I did a little thing for them. Yeah, I really like that little video they created for you. Yeah, talking about why, what got me into playing drums. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You know, I went to a a photography exhibition in the shop uh, wearing the the jacket. (laughs) And... uh, you know, I like some of the clothes I do, you know. There was a photo exhibition on there by Tom Oxley. Uh, very, very good. He's got Rihanna there, you know, Jarvis Cocker, you know, really good photos. So I really enjoyed that. But, yeah, I've always had an Harrington. Teddy Boys wear, wore them. Steve McQueen, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley. They've always been part of the pop culture, um, the jacket. They just, they just look good, don't they? That's yeah, they the do, thing. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's getting a bit cold now to wear them, you know, now they're turning into autumn. 
So um, I'll have to get a, a, a thicker coat. <laughs> so these Harrington jackets, um, you know, the official ones made up here in the northwest. Um, they, they got the name. Uh, is a Harrington was a character in the, uh, a soap opera called Peyton Place. Now, do you remember that? I remember the name, but I don't remember. I never watched it. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> it was rubbish. Was it? Just a lot of old posh people, as I remember it, you know, hanging right. about and uh, lounging about all day. Yeah. Ryan O'Neill, the actor, he mm-hmm. was he played somebody called Harrington. It became the Harrington jacket. I don't know how true that is. Oh, okay. That's just a little story. Well, uh, we're saying it is true now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. You heard it <laughs> here first. not bad actor, is he, really? Well, I think he's gone a bit crazy in this, you know, in his later life, hasn't he? And it's a shame because Paper Moon, what a film. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's not going to be the new James Bond then, is he? They're talking about that, aren't they, today? I definitely don't think he'll be the new James Bond. Who would you like? I don't know, really. I'm not that big a fan of Bond. No. My favourite was Roger Moore because I liked the fact that he was quite funny. Yeah, I mean, that was my favourite, Live and Let Die. Yes. Out of all the films. I don't yeah. know if that's because of Wings uh, theme tune. Brilliant stuff. I don't like the last one. Um, no, I wasn't keen on him what, either. What was his name? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. No, not me neither. I'd say my favourite after Roger Moore yeah. and, and uh, Sean Connery would be Piers Brosnan. Because, again, he was a bit like... The dark hair of Sean mixed with the humour of Roger. Yeah, he did have a bit of humour. Which seems to be, yeah, it was yeah, a good did. combination. Yeah. It's, and I think they need to go back to humour. I think uh, that would be my one one thing, you know, go back with somebody with a bit of humour. I found Daniel Craig yeah. a bit miserable looking. Do you think it might be a woman next time? It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, another uh, Jacket that I wore over the years, the Johnson's uh, three-quarter length leather coat. Oh. It was a La Rocca brand. Um, Johnson's, Lloyd Johnson, started making uh, dresses for his um, girlfriend when he was about 15. Ended up, actually ended up working next door to Freddie Mercury at the same market with a stall, uh, making clothes. So he was British? Yeah, British. He was from uh, the south, the south, south coast. I think, you know, again, very popular brand with people in the music business. George Michael, that leather coat that he used to uh, wear, and uh, you got a hair face. Did <laughs> that one? That big leather jacket, Johnson's, yeah. and they used to sell them, of course, at uh, the shop that was called Sex and Seditionaries, I think, which was featured in the Pistol film. Uh, Danny Boyle, have you seen it? Did you like it? I did like it. I did. The first episode, I thought, oh, God, they're nothing like the pistols, you know what I mean? But then you just get into it, you don't you forget? It. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And so, uh, and I, I learned quite a lot, actually, about your friend Chrissia. <laughs> I didn't know she was around the bands, actually As working much. in the shop. I know, exactly. I never knew that. Johnny Rotten wasn't a big fan, was he? No, of right the from the off. Show, but then, you know. It doesn't surprise me. No. No, uh, he probably doesn't need the money, does he? But... <laughs> I thought the guy who played Steve Jones, uh, I've forgotten his name, but I thought he was very good. And uh, I did finally get to meet Paul Cook, uh, the drummer, uh, a couple of years ago. About Yeah, at the Ritz, he was playing in his band, The Professionals. <laughs> and I tried to talk to him, he was a mate of Ian's. We were at the merchandise store, we both got Sinatus. And, oh, no. and the Brooks were on while we were talking, because they went on first. And he just went like that, oh, I can't hear you, sorry. <laughs> Because I, I do that, you know, all the time. 
Johnson's also later on made fake furs for take that as well. That was Lloyd Johnson. And, you know, he worked in Cecil G, actually, when he started off. You know, Lloyd. He did very well selling to uh, Keith Richards, the Beatles, Bowie. Would so it was stuff. quite theatrical people then. That's what he was after. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the, the buttons on this leather coat that I had that I bought off Johnny Marr when he worked at X Clothes there and Chapel Walks. He used to go down to London and buy stuff, Johnson stuff, to bring back to the shop, you know, to sell uh, in Manchester, basically. I think he was the first one to do it. He's always had an eye for clothing, though, hasn't he, Johnny? Yeah, he has. He's always looked good. I can't remember what I paid for it, but um, the buttons, um, it was a La Rocca brand, and there was skull and crossbone on the buttons, and it had a belt. I loved it. And it had great big shoulders, and I looked like I was in ABC. Because he used to have a flat top as well at the time, which would have been, you know, 1981 or 82 even. So I've got fond memories of that jacket. Another Johnson's thing he had was a Rising Sun shirt. It's like a Hawaiian shirt, but um, with loads of Japanese suns coming up, with rays coming off. It was great. And was that from London as well? Yeah, I think that was a Johnson's one. And I wore it when we went to Amsterdam on a trip, me and Andy Rourke. And Johnny, and uh, just got stoned all weekend, went on the uh, ferry from Harwich to the Hook of Holland, and then uh, made our way to Amsterdam. Yeah, it was an, an eye-opener, bought a load of good records while I was there. Looked good in your shirt. Yeah, I uh, remember it was dead hot as well, but it was really, really bright. I wouldn't get away with it now, you know, but I was younger then. <laughs> Sweaters and jumpers next. Um, a lot of them in the 70s, when I started school and what have you, V-neck. Uh, I didn't have a star jumper, you know. You, you know what I mean by that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. The one with the fist, you know, Northern Soul. I think there might have been a sort of a pop connection there with that sort of thing. Same as with the, you know, Oxford bags that we'll move on to in a minute. But, uh, yeah, lo- loads of jumpers. The Shetland jumper, I remember, you know. I think my mum might have knitted that. I was about to say, did you have a relative that would knit you? Yeah, knit I think it you? was. She did have, well, that's how I started drumming, Jackie, with the knitting needles. Right. On the Quality Street ends, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? Every house had knitting needles in those days, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, big, thick ones. Yes. Yeah, I used to use the big, thick number ones. Number ones or whatever they were called. Yeah. yeah, they all had different numbers, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So she made that. We did go to um, the Isle of Arran once, though, on holiday which I loved. Spent a lot of time um, diving for golf balls at the golf course there. And all the golf balls would go over the edge. <laughs> it's probably about 10 foot deep, you know, like a lagoon or something. And they're going diving in and getting them. And were you getting money for them? Yeah, I used to take them to the club, like I did when I lived in Altrincham there, you know, the, the, the range. Uh, me and my daughter, Emily. Um, hello, Emily. <laughs> We'd uh, go and collect them, you know, buckets of them and take them back, you know, something to do. All all good, clean fun, you know, and, uh, getting a, into a business mode. And she works for the NHS now, which is great. I saw her recently, Emily, in London. So. We we always applaud the NHS, don't we? Oh, yeah, thank God. We've Long got may it continue. Yep, you're right. Shirt-wise, um, Oxford shirts, button-down, I always have and still have. Do you mean they don't, they don't have a collar? Uh, no, they've got a little button there, 
So you, you do the shirt right up to the top button I and on see. the end of the collars. There's a little button. There's a little button. I've, yeah. I've always loved them for some reason. Right. I don't know. Again, a sort of a mod thing, I think. Ben Sherman shirts, usually in a, with a gingham pattern, short sleeve, button-down collar again. Uh, I've had loads of those over the years. Again, another classic look that you still see people, loads of people wearing today. So I, I really like them. Other shirts, polo shirts, I've always had um, classic. Another classic, basic, clean lines. Yeah, That's ne- what you like. Never goes out of fashion. Absolutely. I've learned how to, um, you've got to, when you hang them up on a coat hanger to do the top button up, now, Lulu always bangs on about it, you oh. know, to keep the shape. Yeah, so I always do that now. But, yeah, I've got about 50. We'll all be doing stuff. that now, Simon, <laughs> now you've told us. But, uh, yeah, I've had, they've always been uh, popular. But are you just wearing, like, navy blue, black, or would you, yeah. are you going the full rainbow colour? No, no, navy blue or black. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've always been popular, you know, with the Perry boys. Uh, so got, with your polo shirt, are you wearing a t-shirt underneath? A little no, bit, no, no. A little bit of t-shirt showing? No. No, God. No layering. <laughs> no, you might put something on top of it. Cardigan or something. Oh. You know, Pringle cardigan like the Perry boys. I had a lot of uh, Pringle jumpers, even though I wasn't what's known as a Perry boy, a casual. I was still sort of uh, mixing the clothes up by mm-hmm. 78, 79. Was the Pringle that had a little symbol on it, was it? It was a little lion, I think, wasn't it? Yes, I think so. stood up. But didn't people have fake ones? Probably. In the 80s, yeah. (laughs) There was all sorts, wasn't there? Serbigo? I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Chachini. (laughs) Puma. You know, Lacoste. Quite fond of Lacoste. Yes, Lacoste was big, I remember, around the park. The casuals that were knocking about. You see, John Squire, he went off in that direction. We were both kind of into the clash, incredibly, you know. Uh, and put by 1981, 82, he'd started growing his hair, you know, the flick, and wearing the pods, you know, on the feet. But I was still wearing, you know, uh, what we'll talk about when we go down. Down <laughs> <Don't> feet. And talking <laughs> about John Squire, there's a rumour that he's now going to work with Liam Gallagher. Uh he went on stage with him, didn't he, at Nebworth, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, did he? Yeah. Right. Like he did the first time when Oasis did it. Um, I just heard they might be forming a supergroup. I just didn't know if you were interested in joining. Oh, right. I I'm, I'm, um, joined a supergroup too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I'm not allowed to mention it, though. Oh, okay. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, you'll, you'll get to find out in the new year. Excellent yeah. news. Yeah. Recorded an album with <gasps> the said group right over the summer uh, in Man- in Ancoats at Hope right. Mill Studios. Okay, took us two days, Jackie. We've been doing it a long time, so no preparation. Just go in there and start playing, Si. And I've got um, another drummer who's playing along with me, which I'm, I go on the record. I didn't like that, but I just thought, you know what, I'll give it a go. At least I don't have to cart the other drummers' drums about like I did with Carl. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're doing a vinyl. Uh, it's coming out on vinyl first, and we'll be doing gigs and this, that, and the other. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, yeah. this is excellent. Yeah. But I can't tell anything more than that. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My mum bought a sheepskin coat in January 63 when I was born. My birthday's on the 19th. It was the um, most severe winter of the century, of the 20th century. 
63. I, I remember seeing, you know, uh, pictures, photographs of her wearing it, but eventually she gave it to me uh, when I was about 16, 17, maybe a little bit later, because I was wearing them, because that, that was another sort of mod, suede head thing to do. I was into suede head and mod and two-tone, the specials. It was a real mixture of fashions by this time, you know, all got mixed up. Pick the bits you like and put them together. That's right. Including well, your mum's coat. Yeah. Well, it lasted. It must have been a good one. She got it from Louis Gross, which was in Stevenson Square, where my mother-in-law, Barbara, I, Barbara, <laughs> was the receptionist. <laughs> Not in 63, after that. So I ended up with it, and I ended up selling it to Andy Rourke, who actually was pictured in it um, on the front of Sounds, um, the newspaper, mm -hmm. music paper. You know, when they made it big and they were going to London, I think they were at the station there, and he's got it on. So if you ever see that, that was my mum's coat. And I think he might, that he might have gone on to Johnny then for a bit. Hilarious. <laughs> I wish I knew where that one was, I really no. do. The history of that coat is fantastic. Yeah, it is. I hope somebody's still got it somewhere. Well, it's, it was that well made. Probably still around. Well, let's hope so. It was a light one. I got another one later on, but it got nicked out of the back of the Dolomite when I was in Hume rehearsing with the weeds one night. Gutted about that. Uh, another coat, the classic Crombie, although I could never afford a real Crombie. I think they only sell them in Arrods, places like that. But uh, presidents were, um, you know, Winston Churchill... Uh, Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy. You know, I've got the royal warrant on it. Uh, King Charles III now, isn't it? Warrant. But a great coach. But I used to buy, um, you know, cheap ones off Carnaby Street uh, when we went on our trips down there, me, Ian and John, on the train or the National Express. But we'd sort of uh, we'd get the milk train home at four in the morning after we'd been, you know, prowling around the streets all night so looking good in your crombies yeah um we did a few trips like that but so uh, yeah they had a, a red lining so these were just copies weren't they oh yeah 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 i mean uh, like i say they're very expensive a, a real one but a uh, crombie started in aberdeen the company um in the 1800s jj john crombie <laughs> Uh, Three-quarter length, made out of cashmere, put up pure new wool. Um, and they just look great again, don't yeah, they? Yeah, classic Very again. Clean line. And again, the Clash were wearing them, so I had to sort of, uh, this, this sort of style started mixing together. It's weird, really, what I was wearing, but I thought I looked great. <laughs> I'd have a flat top, of course, by then, which my friend Andrew Berry, singer from The Weeds, did for me. Who that. was the influence for the hairstyle, do you think? Um, well, James Dean or something like that, you know. A lot of people uh, had flat tops. Were you bringing in a picture to Andrew and saying... No, he knew all the styles anyway. You know, he was doing, uh, you know, Bernard and Morrissey. He was on last night, wasn't he? Uh, Morrissey. Morrissey was on at the Apollo, yes. Yeah. Apparently did very well. I heard that. It's yeah. the greatest venue. It's the yeah. best one, yeah. there's no doubt. Got a new one opening, haven't they? Uh, 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 Wastelands, Eastlands. <laughs> Rude. It's very big. Bet the arena people ain't so happy, are they? But so, uh, yeah, uh, other shops are going. I like seersucker shirts as well. Had a couple of them. I uh, love that texture. Really do. Uh, Is that an American brand? It's. A t I don't know who registered these seersucker um, 
trademark. Could probably, yeah, probably. They were wearing them in, you know, 1972 on detective shows and things like that, weren't they? So, which uh, we watched a lot of. I'd buy clothes from Cream in Manchester, a few one-off sort of uh, shirts and what have you. Richard Cream was seven foot, I think, and I saw him driving a, a, an old BMW 3 Series in the late 80s, and he looked like he was in the back seat, he really did. <laughs> yeah. But it was um, it was very expensive. Uh, must have been uh, in the eighties when I went in there. You know, I was getting quite good wages relatively off the fall, and bought a few bits. One night uh, he shut the shop down so Prince could come in, do his shopping. It's just off um, Saint Anne's Arcade, is it? Yeah. In the Royal Exchange. But you want a picture, don't you? Because with him being as tall as he was and Prince being as yeah, short as he that, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> somebody somewhere <laughs> needs to get a photo of the two of them together. Yeah, there probably is one. Probably is. Richard Cream, yeah. Hurley Sports, you know, that um, approached to Manchester Piccadilly. Um, I always used to go there. It's gone now. But sort of casual stuff, you know. So are you somebody who buy, tries to buy classic things and let, you know, really look after them? Yeah. Rather yeah. than a quick turnover. S- spend, and- spend more money on something that's good quality and it'll last you, you know, rather than shrinking straight away. And are you a man, would you, you know, you're taking it to the dry cleaners, you're looking after Oh, it? yeah, absolutely. Oh, I right. like going to the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> it's a day out. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's uh, I don't know. Again, it's like an American thing, you know. On the, these TV detective shows, you see people going in, you know. <laughs> you seem to live your life in a TV detective show, Simon. I've noticed. Well, There's a well, lot of references to it. Are you a, a man as well? Who, when you've got boots and things, are you putting the boot protector oh on? Oh God, yeah, yeah. Oh. A lot of these shoes these days, they've got a kind of a white sole, and it's I, I've got a few pairs like that, and they just get ruined, you know. You're forever cleaning them. Forever tutting and cleaning, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not going to buy any more of them. So you look after your stuff. You buy really good quality. I try and, to, yeah. And you look after it. Yeah. It, it just, they just last longer, don't they? You pay for what you get in anything, really. But the underground market, of course, we've mentioned that before, what an adventure it was, you know, going down there, stolen from Ivor. I would have got another uh, Lee uh, jeans jacket top or something, or Brutus even. Yeah, it was great, especially when all the flares came in. and. Yeah, I did have flares. Yeah. Um, not for long, though, because when punk started, I used to um, pin the uh, pin them in with safety pins so they looked like uh, shit stoppers, as they were called. We're not saying that, Simon. <laughs> That's what we call drain pipes. Then <laughs> that was the source of stuff like that. There was a two-tone tonic suit. There's another one that I got from Carnaby Street. Ian got one. Mine was blue, I think, with a bit of purple in it. Yeah, we well, yeah, we thought we were, you know. Thought you looked great in there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but what a great feeling that is, and you can remember it. Yeah. Because I can remember wearing flares, and, you know, when you're walking, kicking the flares. Yeah, and thinking, flapping. I look great in these flares. <laughs> but we're working down now, aren't we? Two Oxford banks, which is what the staple, really, of sort of 75, 76, before punk. Um, Oxford bags, of course, started to craze, really, at Oxford University, which is where they sort of got the name from, you know, the, the people that were studying there. 
would wear them uh, for dancing. Sort of people in America were wearing them too. And the, the Northern Soul connection as well with them. I think it's easy to, you know, dance in them and not restricting because they're so loose. We used to wear them at school. Um, oh, part of your uniform? Yeah, but you could get sort of black ones, I think, or grey, dark grey. I'm sure you could. Um, but I did have a green pair, and they used to have high waistbands you know, with about four buttons on um, with big pockets. They're quite wide, though, at the bottom, you know, about one and a half foot. But they made you look great, didn't they? Because they were a bit like, you know, because they were flat with the buttons and the pockets, and yeah. it just was a great look. I don't know now. I've seen pictures of, of me in them. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Not so good. <laughs> no. But, the, you know, the Slade were wearing them, of course, mm-hmm. and the Bay City Rollers, uh, you know, with the scarves on the tartan. It was, it was a, they were big, you know, big, big uh, clothing item, you know, back in the mid-70s. And if you asked for um, clothing when you couldn't afford it yourself, and you, you know when you're asking your parents and yeah. things, would they try and get it for you or would they try well, and Well, it depends what it was. I tried to get a pair of Doc Martens, but... Um, I ended up having to buy a second empire off the cock of the school, Gas uh, Smith, <laughs> Alty Grammar, uh, Airwear, uh, sorry, Hawkins astronauts they were. They were longer than a normal Doc Martin. Again, that's what these suede heads were wearing, um, you know, that with jeans or stay pressed trousers, had a pair of them as well. Um, not braces, though, with a crumbie on. Why not braces? Um, I don't know, I didn't need him, I had a belt. <laughs> but it wasn't because, for fashion? No. Um, well, I know people were wearing them, you know, Dave Bowie was wearing them, Slade were. No, I never had a pair of braces, never. Uh, but that's not unusual, is it? You know, I think there's sort of something that's from earlier on in the century, you know, in the 30s, 40s maybe. That's maybe what you thought. You just thought, oh, this isn't for me, you know, as in my generation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. To have snake belts or, you know, uh, to keep your cats up. <laughs> yeah, another pair of trousers I had. Uh, again, Johnson's uh, black drain pipes, we'll call them. And uh, they had a red stripe down them. Again, um, they had a bought them off Johnny. Well, I think I did buy them off Johnny. But they sold them in that shop, you know, seditionaries. And what were they made out of? Just cotton, really. Uh, again, with the button, with, with skull and crossbones, you know, silver, La Rocca. A little bit like postman's trousers, I suppose they are, but narrower. Um, I like know. the way that um, you, Andy and Johnny seem to just be swapping clothes all the time. Yeah, we did. Uh, we were spending a lot of time hanging about, you know, at Andy's house in Ashton and Mersey. Trying on each other's clothes. Yeah, that. <laughs> and listening to music, really. Yeah. And smoking a lot. <laughs> uh, Levi jeans. Eventually, I've, I've always buy Levi's now. Classic. Yeah, yeah again. Um, the great, you know, they, they last forever, don't they? And they just look great. Yeah. I did uh, have a pair of white ones once that um, a girl got me when I was touring in America, and uh, I don't know if I got pulled that off, you know, the lot white jeans. Was it too much? Yeah, it's too much for me, Jackie. So stick with the dark, you know, the blue uh, with jeans. I'd get quite a lot of stuff from the Army and Navy store on Tibb Street as well. Did you ever remember that? No, but there was one in Stockport that I remember. Yeah. 
that everybody used to go in and you'd get like donkey jackets yeah, and, yeah. and Jump, good jumpers oh yeah ones. good hard wearing you know last you forever type. cargo pants yeah. you get from there um i did have a pair of uh, airwear dot martins but my favorite ones were the hawkins astronauts that i bought off gas smith it was rock hard mm-hmm. um grammar i think they were a tenner you know i paid for them Bargain. cherry red Nice. I've always had red docks. At first, yeah, that, going back to my mum, would she buy me what I asked for? If I said docks, no. Monkey boots, yes, in that way. Do you remember monkey boots? Yeah, and why? why? I'm not sure whether they had a bad... Um, I was going to say, did she think the reputation went with the... the proceeded. Yeah. Them, you know, on the football terraces, people getting the reds kicked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that's probably why. So she might have bought me a pair of monkey boots. Uh, remember them? Uh, well, you won't remember them. But Major Domos, they were square-toed, a bit like Doc Martens with a cushion sole, boots, but square, weird. I never had a. I didn't fancy them. No, that's <laughs> all. That's a step too far. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's work our way down to footwear, Jackie. Uh, we'll start. Well, at school, I can remember wearing Clark's Commandos which had a little compass in the heel. Bought them from Simpsons. Had a couple of pairs of them. Had a lot of brogues. You know, spades was another shoe that wore at school that had lots of... The toe went right out. You know, dead wide toe. Weird-looking things. And of course, we had um, sex and blakies that were supposed to protect the heel, you know, so they'd last longer. We just thought we sounded dead hard. You know, going down the corridor. The metal... Tip-tapping sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You used to bang them in with your uh, pen ammo or whatever, you know, from your dad's tool. So you'd add a few more in, would you? Yeah, oh, yeah, loads, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't don't really see or hear them, I should say, anymore. You know, people walking around, they've all got these, you know, uh, soft, uh, white-soled shoes. But I did have a lot of Adidas um, uh, trainers, sambas, mambas. I've always liked Adidas. Although I just got a nice pair of golas and uh, off uh, Joe Schindler, who works out in the market there with his company, did a collaboration. They're really comfy. In fact, I've got them on now. No, I haven't. <laughs> but uh, so, are you an Adidas man or an Adidas? Adidas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. It's same with Dave Bowie. Bowie. It's Bowie. It's Bowie. I know it is Bowie, but it's always Bowie to me. <laughs> But you're yeah, not, I am, you're I'm, not changing now, are you, no, Simon? No, I'm not. No. So, yeah, I mean, watching Franz Beckenbauer in the World Cup wearing a Adidas, <laughs> if you want, uh, I always wanted to wear them, you yeah. know. That was a big influence. And I had uh, Santiago football boots, I think, because I did play soccer before I got into music. Soccer? <laughs> it's, I was just imagining being in America then, Franz Beckenbauer, you know, after his career or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's fast as peak. Probably did. Play, I don't know whether he did play for an American team, but uh, yeah, the screwing studs. You know, I played a left back, not in the dressing room. <laughs> that was pretty good at stopping people. You know, wingers going down the wing. I could uh, bring them down in those days. Uh, and I had a pair of Pumas. You know, simple really. You know, look. So we had the Clark's Commandos. I've always had. Um, Clark's shoes. Um, it's been going 200 years, you know that. Very sensible for your feet. 
Well, they are, yeah. They really are. For your development uh, of your feet. Have you got good feet, Simon? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Um, You've looked after your feet? Although I stubbed my big toe today. Oh, yeah, what? I went outside and my flip-flops skidded and stubbed my toe. <laughs> I got a right, Bruce. <laughs> but, we really uh, need a video of that. <laughs> I mean, you could earn 250 quid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they started in Somerset, um, Clarks. They're still there. And uh, Desert Boot was always one of the popular ones, but I never had that. The, you know, the suede desert boot. Right, and so what put you off that? Because they were very popular. Um, they were a bit more hippie-ish. Hippie-ish, yeah. yeah. They were sort of worn by the enemy. When I say the enemy, they were the prog rock people, you know, when punk rock started. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't get on. It's just daft, really, isn't it? It really is. Although I still don't like prog rock at all. Uh, although I do quite like Jethro Tull. Do is, you? I met him, you know, in Los Angeles. Is that, <laughs> the in, hotel. The, is that in the same gang? Is he the guy that got the fish farms? Is he? Yeah, I think he got into... A, a, he had a trout fishery. Oh. Ian Anderson, he's called, yeah? Yes. I think he is. Stage name's Jethro Tull. Yeah. No, the band's called Jethro Tull, isn't it? Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the singer, though, wasn't he? Yes, right. yes. Yeah, he was all right, yeah. He was on his own in the barn the, um, in West Hollywood, in the La Park Hotel it was. Nice, that. And how did you recognise him? How did you know who it was? Well, he had a big leather coat on. He was about dead tall, he is. I thought, God, who's he, you know? And uh, I think Steve might have said, Anley, uh, oh, it's, it's him, it's Ian Anderson. So me being me, we just go up to him and go, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he was all right, anyway. But, uh, yeah, they, um, they started the Desert Boot, Clarks. It was produced in, um, in, the, in the bazaars of Cairo, worn by, you know, the army when they are out there. Um, not sure why, how they got the gig, Clarks that is. But I've always liked wallabies and weavers. And I'm actually waiting, I was in Soho recently, and they went in the Clarks, um, what do you call it, the Clarks Classic Shop or what something. And he said, oh, they're opening a branch in Manchester. So I'm waiting for them to open because they had a beautiful pair of weavers, they're called, suede. I should have just bought them then, really. Well, you really should. And we bit... know already that you're going to look after them. Yeah, well, I've got all the kit. So Is... you're the person when you buy them and they say, would you like to buy this foam and would you like to buy this brush? Yeah, I am. I know. I you're buy all it. over it. it. Whereas most people just go, absolutely not. Well, there's a guy who cleans them, suede shoes, trainers, and cause I took, I've got two or three pairs of weavers and they thought, oh, they're getting a bit grubby then. So I took him and did a great job. Um, and where is he? Well, he's under the Mancunian way. <laughs> you know, there's some shops at there, like in port cabins. I thought you just meant he was sat under the Mancunian way. <laughs> no, I won't go on uh, suede shoes down there. I remember ruining a great pair of Clarks again in that white hotel. Went in brand new. Uh, went, you know, partying, you know, for two or three hours. Come out ruined. <laughs> Couldn't get it out. I think it was oil or something. So I won't be going in there with suede no. shoes anymore. So yeah, when I was at school we'd have high heel platforms. You know, this was this was the de rigueur. were you allowed at school? Yeah, you were. They never said, Oh, you can only have six inch heels, you know. They weren't six inch heels, they're probably about that big, which is what? Three or four. Three maybe? or four. Yeah. Yeah, everybody had them. Ian had a pair that had a black with like a red flash on them which are unusual. I don't know if it was a um, kung fu type thing related, you know, to Bruce Lee film or something. 
but we all thought, wow, what are those? <laughs> um, so what are the shoes? Beetle Crushers. There's another one. Again, a Clash thing. Um, James Dean was wearing them. Um, you know, people like that. Yeah, Black Loafers was another one, um, you know, in the two-tone era, slip-on ones, you know, two little tassels on the front, had oh. a few pairs of them. Kept them nice with a kiwi, got that, you know, and the rag and the, uh, the brush and everything. Take care of my shoes, I do. And how are you storing your shoes? Have you got, like, a big collection? Uh, not really, but they're all over the place. You know, they're not all sort of in... Uh, and their own boxes or no, anything. No. Oh, so you're not that careful. I was, but I can't get in the flat anymore. <laughs> so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, so the Beetle Crushers had an electric blue pair, um, which, you know, must have looked all right. Right, <laughs> you're walking down through all <laughs> What would you be wearing with them? Uh, well, drainpipe pants or jeans that have got the safety pins at the bottom, you know, to make them tighter mm -hmm. around the bottom and again a Harrington or a Crombie with a tootle neckerchief, the flat top So you you had it all going on really Yeah I like to uh, look smart yeah, you know, I still try you know what I mean Another item of footwear I used to have was an American bike boot what's known as an engineer boot um, it's an American it's Marlon Brando James Dean, you know, rebel without a cause. Always been a bit of a rebel, me, Jackie. <laughs> and what but, do they look like? Well, um, black, with a quite a reasonable heel, leather, two buckles, one on the bottom and one on the top to stop the uh, hot embers going down the boot. Bikers wore them, you know, adopted them. And it's terrible, really. I bought a pair of American... They weren't American bike boots. I don't know where they were made, but they were too tall. And the, the ones the Clash were wearing were sort of calf length, not knee length. So when I got them home, one of these trips, got my mum's uh, dressmaking shears. <laughs> just like cut, cut right across, you know, as soon as I got them home, because they weren't the right length. But did you ruin them? Probably, yeah. <laughs> but I was going for the look, you know. I didn't know where the Clash got theirs from. Probably in America, because when London Calling came out, you know, they sort of changed their image and everything. So they probably got them over there, but that's the nearest I could get to them. It's a bit of sacrilege, isn't it? You know, well, it just really cutting is. Them to them. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> even one. <laughs> yeah, Brothel Creepers. There was a song called The Creep by Ken McIntosh. A dance band in the 50s and I don't know whether the Creeper Brothel Creeper got its name from that ah. with the Crepe Soul mm. obviously you can crush beetles they won't escape aren't you foot as well um, but again Let It Rock uh, the shop that I mentioned that was known as Sex and Sedition is at the bottom of the King's Road near the World's End pub there. But that's where they used to sell them I don't know the bought mine there, though. Might have got them from Camden, I'm not sure. But electric blue, yeah. And so you'd get off the train into London, and then would you just head for that shop first? Yeah, you get off at um, King's, uh, King's Road, near where all the theatres are, but you'd walk to the other end, you know. There's sort of a big estate at the other end of that, you know, right near Chelsea. And uh, we'd, get, we'd get the uh, underground all over, loved it. Still like getting the underground. 
people used to go busking, you know, the class did. Uh, go round and round all day to keep warm. Uh, on the circle line, just going round and round and round. It's not a bad thing, is it? Really? No, he's great. Yeah. I mean, you could do that on the tram up here in Manchester, couldn't right. you? you? Get an all-day ticket. You can go round on the tram. Well, you know, these roads are blocking off the lanes down through Stratford and Sale and uh, Chester Road still uh, blocked off. Queues of traffic. Uh, anyway, we're not in Holland, you know what I mean? Uh, on busy roads and it's uh, dangerous. But they are getting better. I've got a bike. that I go I go down the canal uh, path, though, to Altrincham. Is yeah. that to keep fit? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But I like all the etiquette as you're uh, cycling along, you know, with cyclists that are coming the other way. What is the etiquette? Well, it's... Um, Do you ring your bell? What's going on? You ring on? your bell if you're coming up behind somebody. <laughs> Sometimes I think, oh, God, they're going to think I'm all right. <laughs> but they don't mind. They just move out of your way. Oh, very good. Yeah, so I like that uh, ding uh, dingling. <laughs> like dingling. <laughs> We've gone head to toe. Did you have any accessories, anything like that? In the punk days, we used to get a safety pin and cut out a section of the sharp end so I didn't have to pierce my ears. I don't think my mum, I knew my mum wasn't happy if I came home with ears pierced. Oh, so it was like a fake one. It Basically. It looked yeah. like it was pierced, but it wasn't. So if you go and see Generation X at Cavendish Hall House, whatever it is, near the poly there, that's what I'd wear, you know. Uh, a couple of safety pins on my shirt, and <laughs> my hair had got shorter, you know, spikier on top by then. Um, eventually, of course, I had the uh, suede, you know, suede at length, which I kept for a long time. Now I'm just trying to grow it while I've got it. But uh, Adidas, Adidas, <laughs> Adidas, black bag that I took to school and got stolen. Yes, we still haven't got to the bottom of that. No. Was it you, Squire? <laughs> he just he just burst out laughing. It was dead. He went round the whole class. Uh, Charlie, um, forgotten his second name now. Deputy had good looking bag though, wasn't it? The classic bag. Yes, you still see him actually. Black ones, you know, with a strap. And uh, I don't, don't know what happened to that. I had a blockhead. He enjoying the blockhead's watch, which wow. uh, I saw on it. I looked him up the other day. I don't know where mine is. I don't know if you know the Blockhead logo. It's square, mm -hmm. black, and it's got a set of numbers. It's got B-L-O-C-K-H-E-A-D-S, you know, around the um, square dial with a plastic strap. Where they, they were selling them at the gigs. The Blockheads were supporting the Clash on a lot of gigs, so I saw them a long time. Great band, really, you know, funk. I think Blair Cunningham played drums from for a bit. And Norman Watroy, of course, one of my favourite bass players. He plays about a million notes, but super funky. Uh, amazing, really. Although he's not in the lineup that's going round at the moment with my mate Mike on vocals. I had Timex watches, fluorescent ones, you know, with a dial that lits up, you know, under, uh, when you're in your bedroom under the covers. Yes. <laughs> not, listen to jump, jump, not listen to Jumpy. No. Do you remember the old watches where it would play like um, the Yellow Rose of Texas and things like that? The alarm. No. You know, it used to have lo like loads of different alarm settings. No, and... digital one, you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, no. You didn't have one of those? No. 
You could get um, calculators on them, though. Oh, and calculators, you? You yeah. You put a pen on. You yes, know, that's your right. And so were you a jewellery man? Have you ever been a rings? No, not, not really. No. I've always necklaces, li- anything? No, I've always liked a nice watch, but that's about it. Yeah, necklaces. I did have a couple of necklaces when I was young, St. Christopher's or whatever. Uh, but, you know, they've all... No sort of leather, sort of round. Oh, no. No. No, no shells when you've been on holiday. No. That sort of look. Although I did, when I went to the Gambia a day, they had a bracelet with uh, some a bought off the, somebody on the beach after I chased that guy off. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to sell my stuff. <laughs> I didn't want... Uh, no rings, nothing like that. No. I might have had a, a, a gold signet ring, you know, perhaps, from Lepsy Jewelers, you know, when I was younger. Uh when I was going out, you know, uh, trying to uh, find a girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> but no, that's about it, really. For, uh, so uh, that's your accessories. Well, that's marvellous, Simon. We've done fashion head to toe. That was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, it's been great talking about it. So what is your soundtrack for tonight? Okay, well, I mentioned Sweet a lot, so I'm going to... Bring in Ballroom Blitz this time. A very exciting song. Um, you know, it's of its age. Well, it still sounds good to me. I think they're great, sweet. Second one is going to be Gangsters, the specials. Massively into the two-toes things, you know, part of it. But they were the best band out of the lot. I'm going to mention a Beatles song, uh, more of a Stones man myself, but uh, Hello, Goodbye which I loved. And my mum had a few couple of Beatles records, and that was one of them. And I loved the, the, the drum rolls on it. thought they were great, you know, really flowing and, you know, laid back. Um, I love that. Another one I'm going to go is Moany Moany, Tommy Janes and the Shondells, which was always on my, uh, the radiogram, the side of a bath in the front room. At the house. <laughs> um, I'm going to also go with There's a Ghost in My House, by Ardeen Taylor, the original one, the fall covered it. It was great because I knew how the, the arrangement of it, so I didn't have to learn it or anything. It's a great song, isn't when it? We, and we played it on um, Park Master <laughs> about a year ago, or less than a year ago, uh, which was great. The, our version, the Falls version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's your soundtrack for tonight. Okay. So uh, we'll see you again next time. Well, it's been lovely to see you, and I uh, can't wait till we... Uh, reconvene Jackie so good night to you this podcast was produced and edited by John post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadar Media Limited music by Colin McGrath Joe Brown Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft and the artwork is by Lee Dyer this has been Funky Size A to Z of Manchester thanks for listening to Funky Size A to Z of Manchester If you're enjoying this series, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.